let the church say amen. So if you have your Bibles, quickly open them up to Matthew chapter 6. We're only going to look at two verses, Matthew 6. If you don't have your Bible, then go ahead and stand up anyway, so it should be up on the screen. But Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8. Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8. Let me go ahead and say this, because I've made a commitment in my latter days of preaching to do the best job that I can, to give credit where credit is due and to recognize sources. And so this morning's message is as a result of me hearing a message. This series that I'm about to preach is as a result of me hearing a message. You're not going to hear what this person preached, but the concept, the idea, comes from a message that I heard by a man named Jentison Franklin, who pastors a church in Georgia. And the title of his message was simply, The Power of Short Prayers. And so we're going to talk about that in just a minute. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Father God, we ask that you would speak to us through your word today. We pray that Jesus Christ would be lifted up, that we might see him, and in seeing him, we might believe on him, and in believing on him, we might be saved. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen? Amen Amen and amen. You may be seated. I want to talk for the next few minutes on the subject, it don't take all that. It don't take all that. The awesome power of short prayers. The awesome power of Short prayers. You all have heard me talk a good bit throughout the years about my father, and you probably haven't heard me talk very much about my mother. Well, if you were to see pictures of my family, you would see that that I take my looks from my dad, but I take my personality from my mother. She was probably one of the sweetest people you would ever want to meet. And mom was a educator by trade. She taught school for about 30 years before she died. She was an excellent school teacher. Uh, her, her claim to fame was that she was a reading specialist, and the last five or six years of her life, she taught teachers how to teach reading. She was a teacher par excellence. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you've, you've had this experience, but... Growing up in a teacher's household is real difficult for children growing up because they're sticklers about grades. Grades had letters that were associated with them, but in my household, they had phrases. A A was where you needed to be. A B was you're close, but you're not where you need to be. A C is you need to get to work because you are lazy. And a D or an F meant you ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing. You know, I'm kind of taken back. I've had an opportunity the last number of years to work with young people, and I ask them if I meet them for the first time, are you a good student or do you just play around? And uh, inevitably they'll say, well, I'm a good student. I say, well, what kind of grades do you get? The last person I asked uh, this past week 
said, oh, yeah, I get good grades. I said, what kind? 70s and 80s? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Because my context is my household. And a 70 or 80 is not where you need to be. you got to get to work. And so if I were to categorize for myself my own prayer life, it wouldn't be that my prayer life says that I'm exactly where I need to be. My prayer life even doesn't say I'm close to where I need to be, but I need to work some. I dare say that many of us are just like me, that my prayer life uh, needs some work or you're not doing anything. Not doing anything. This particular passage is right before Jesus Christ gives the, the, the Lord's Prayer where he explains what proper prayer is all about. And he tells uh, those who are listening, he says, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard by their many words. Many of us don't pray for two reasons or have problems in prayer for two reasons. Number one is we've given up altogether and we live lives of prayerlessness. Or we don't pray, pray because of prayer intimidation. And prayer t- intimidation simply means I don't pray like a deacon and I, I don't know how to pray. I don't use Christian jargon. I, I, I don't know all of the, the types of prayers that they use in church. I, I know that God only hears prayers that are prayed in King James and I don't know how to do that. Or people say, well, You know, I I don't know how to pray a long time. And we're intimidated by by prayer. Well, prayerlessness is a lack of prayer because of a lack of faith. Prayer intimidation is a lack of prayer because of ignorance. And many of us need to know that God is not impressed by our long prayers. Matter of fact, it is reinforced for us by professional Christians that were to pray a certain kind of way. Rabbi, a a famous Jewish rabbi said this, whoever is long in prayer is heard. Another saying amongst the Jews was, whenever the righteous make their prayer long, their prayer is heard. Men and women, God is not impressed by our long prayers. God is not impressed by our language. God is not impressed by by the eloquence in which we pray. God is even not impressed about the location of our prayers. He's not impressed that you can come to church and you stand before the altar. And I don't know about you, but I'm very, very convicted. Because if my mother were to give me a grade on my prayer life, it wouldn't be an A. It wouldn't be a B. It would be probably in between a C, a D, or an F. You're not doing your best. You can do better or you ain't done nothing. And men and women, I think that our prayer lives are so important. Our prayer lives are indicative of our relationship with God. And many of us will celebrate what Jesus Christ did on the cross and stay there. But Jesus Christ died on the cross to open up a new and a living way. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we might have relationship with God. And prayer is simply talking with God. 
Some of my favorite prayers are to hear children pray. I'm reminded of the story of the lady who invited her church over to her house on a hot July day for a barbecue. About 50 or 60 church members said that they were coming. They were going to have it in the, back, in the backyard. And she had been working all morning long to set up the tables and set up the chairs and, and, and set everything up and put out the trays. And, and, and she was exhausted. And so they get there and the pastor says, well, uh, sweetheart, why don't you open us up in prayer? And she says, Pastor, I'm, uh, I don't know if I can pray, but I will ask my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, to pray. And the 10-year-old daughter says, Mom, I don't know what to pray. And her mom says, well, why don't you just pray what you heard Mama pray last? And the young lady bows her head and says, Dear Lord, why did I invite all these people on such a hot day? You know, I love honest, open prayer. And that is the prayer that is heard. Some of us need to have the freedom to pray, Lord, why did I invite all of these people on such a hot day? Men and women, I believe that it don't take all that. Some of us are intimidated because we think that it does. And it's okay. It's okay. I'm not saying that long prayers are bad and short prayers are good. That is not what I'm saying. But there's sometimes you don't have time enough to kneel down. You don't have time enough to bow your head. You don't have time enough to get to your personal prayer closet. And you need to know that short prayers are just as powerful. Say amen or oh me. Last thing I'd like to say before we get into the heart of the message is Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, God is in heaven, you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. Let your words be few. Christian prayers are measured by weight and not by length. Many of the most prevailing prayers have been as short as they were strong. And I'd like to share with you three Old Testament prayers. And for the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at short prayers in the Bible. Won't the church say amen? Amen. Point number one is a prayer that you're all familiar with, and it's the prayer of Jabez. Found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. It says, And Jabez called on God, the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause harm. And the Scripture says, So God granted him what he requested. Men and women, you can pray that prayer in less than 30 seconds. And at the heart of the prayer, Jabez is saying, Lord, I want you to bless me. I want you to enlarge my territory. I want you to keep your hand upon me. And I want you to keep me from evil so that I either might not cause pain or I might not experience pain. And the great thing about the prayer is, at the end it says, And God granted His request. A prayer in 30 seconds, y'all. Lord, bless me. Lord, enlarge my territory. Lord, keep your hand upon me. Lord, keep me from evil so that I might not cause pain. It is a short prayer. It is a prayer, if you were to categorize it, it's a prayer of, Lord, I need your blessing on my life. 
Lord, expand my territory, expand my influence. Lord, do great things in my life. I don't want to just live an ordinary life. You tell us in your word that you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. Lord, that's what I want. That's what I'm praying. It doesn't take a long prayer. It doesn't take all that. And I challenge you. I challenge you to begin praying, Lord, bless me indeed. Lord, enlarge my territory. Lord, I I, I want you to keep your hand on me. And Lord, keep me from evil. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to begin praying that the Lord would bless you. And it doesn't take a long prayer. I want you to challenge, challenge you to pray for others, that you would ask God to bless them indeed. And parents, parenthetically, this is a prayer that you need to be praying for your children every single day. Lord, bless them. Lord, expand their territory. Lord, keep your hand upon them. Lord, keep them from evil so that they might not either cause pain or experience pain. Many of us say we don't know what to pray. Here's a prayer. Let the church say amen. Amen. The second prayer is also in the Old Testament. You fast forward a little bit in Isaiah 38. I'll give you a little bit of a context. Verse 1 says that, that Hezekiah was sick and near death. And the Lord tells Hezekiah, put your things in order because you will surely die. How about that? It wasn't the doctor who said, you've, you, you've got a short time to live. God tells Hezekiah, set your things in order. You are surely going to die. Hezekiah, it says in verse 2, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. And this is what he said. Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth, And with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. We don't have it up on the screen. But verse 4 says that God tells Isaiah, go and tell Hezekiah I've heard his prayer. And I've seen his tears. And tell him that I've given him 15 extra years to live. Here is a man who God said you are near death and you are surely going to die. He prays a short but powerful prayer. It says, Lord, you know me. You know that I want to live longer. You know that there's some things that I've got to do. You know that, 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 that I still have vision and I, I, I still have, have worth and value with, with more years and more time. And he prays, Lord, please. And the Lord hears his prayer and tells him, you to Isaiah, go and tell Hezekiah, you've got 15 more years. Men and women, I know that we have loved ones and we have friends and we have family members who are sick. And I know that sometimes we're intimidated because we think that as we pray for them, we've got to get all of our words right. We've got to explain to God stuff that he already knows. And we pray for the doctors and we pray for the nurses. And we rightly should. But don't think that your eloquence is going to move the hand of God. Don't think that the length of your prayer is going to move His hand. 
The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, not the length. And many of us need to be aware of that. That we can pray in confidence for those who are sick and near death. We can pray knowing that God will move if He so chooses to. That we can pray with power. Even if we don't have the right words because the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Some of us need to be free from thinking that it's all about us rather than it being all about God. Hezekiah prayed a short prayer. You can, you can, you can see that it's less than 30 words that he prays to God. And the hand of God moves in his life. The prayer of Jabez was to expand his territory. The prayer of Hezekiah was, Lord, please extend my years. But you move a little bit further in the Old Testament and you find the the prayer of Habakkuk. The prayer of Habakkuk in the background of the book is that God tells Habakkuk, I am going to do something new in your generation that you have never, ever seen. You will not understand. You will not comprehend. What I'm getting ready to do is to use a pagan nation in your life. I'm going to use the Chaldeans. I'm going to use them for my purpose. And how many know that God is not just the God of Christians, that God is the God of this world? He can use whatever he wants. He can use whoever he wants. And so Habakkuk is trying to understand this thing. And God tells him in chapter 2, go and write this vision down on on a tablet so that you can understand it and you can refer back to it. And in chapter 3, we find Habakkuk praying. And this is what he's praying. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet. Prophet. Verse 2, O Lord. I have heard your speech and was afraid. I've heard heard what you said you're going to do. And it it, it brings fear to me. Oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of, of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And the scripture says God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Perrin. What he's saying is, after I prayed, God showed up. I'm afraid. You've explained to me what you're going to do, God, and it brings fear to me. But I am asking that you would bring revival. I'm asking that you would give me a spirit of encouragement. I'm asking that you would revive, that you would refresh, and that you would renew and that all of our walks with you would be centered on you regardless of what you decide to do. And notice that it's only a sentence or two that he prays. Lord, your speech, I heard your speech, and I was afraid. Revive your work in the midst of of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath. And I know you're bringing your wrath, but remember mercy. Lord, you may bring events and circumstances in my life that are uncomfortable, that I don't like, that bring about pain, that I don't understand. But Lord, I'm going to pray to you that I do understand. And I'm going to pray to you that I am revived. And that I'm going to pray to you that I am excited about what you're doing in this world. Because you are God. 
And in you I live and move and have my very being. Men and women, I believe that these short prayers are so powerful. This prayer was so powerful that the scripture says that after Habakkuk prays, God came from Teman, the Holy One, from Mount Paran. He left the mountain and came down to Habakkuk because he heard his prayer. And I challenge you to pray. Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. Lord, what you're doing makes me afraid. Lord, what you're doing makes me uncomfortable. Lord, I am traveling down a road I've never traveled before. I don't know what's coming in front of me. I don't know what what, what experiences lie ahead, but I'm going to put my trust in you. You revive me. You refresh me. You renew me. And you allow me to walk with you even in the dark. Because you are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And with you, I will be all right. Your word tells me in your presence is fullness of joy. I challenge you to pray that short prayer. Doesn't have to be many words. Each one of these has a, a, a foundation and a focal point of prayer. The prayer of Jabez, Lord, please expand my territory. The prayer of, of Hezekiah, Lord, please extend my years. And the prayer of Habakkuk here, Lord, please encourage your people. So quiet as it's kept, we live in a land of discouragement. You cannot watch the news without getting discouraged. You can't think too much about your situation without being ex- I- I- discouraged. Don't we need encouragement? We need it. And Jesus provides it. I want to close with, with the power of, of, of prayer. And y'all stay with me. It all points back to Jesus' example. We find Jesus would go off to a lonely place and pray. We find Jesus getting up early in the morning and having extended periods of prayer. However, you can, can take the Lord's Prayer and recite the Lord's Prayer and pray the Lord's Prayer in less than a minute. In less than a minute. The most holy time that, that has ever been in all of existence was that short period of time with Jesus Christ on the cross. And in three separate occasions, I know there's seven statements, but in three of those seven statements, it is Jesus praying. And they are only one-sentence prayers. He prays, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Just a short prayer. Lord, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. He prays, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's just a short prayer, just a one-sentence prayer, just a one-phrase prayer. And then he prays at the end of his time on the cross, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Just short prayers, short prayers. You all know that I love basketball illustrations and I love coaching over at Restoration Academy. I have morphed from coaching the boys to coaching the girls now. And my last year coaching the boys, we had an okay team. We had gotten down to the last area game in our season against Banks Academy, which is right over here in Huffman. And they had beaten us early on in the season by 15 points. We had gotten to the last area game, and whoever won the game, either us or Banks, would win the area. We were praying, playing it at home. Reverend Ron, it was our homecoming. 
the, the, the gym was packed. We got down by 20 points in the second quarter. 20 points. Whoever won the game would win the area. I, I called a timeout, and I brought the team over, and I said, hey, guys, there are no 20-point plays. One possession at a time, we'll crawl back into this thing. It was a good thing I called that timeout, Reverend Will, because we did start crawling back into that thing. And by the time halftime came, Reverend Tony, we were only down by six. We had made up 14 points. Well, we opened up the second half, and that six-point lead would extend to 10 or 12, and then I'd call a timeout, and we'd bring it back down. There was three minutes left in the game, and we tied it. We tied the game. We uh, take those three minutes, and, and, and by the time there was 30 seconds left in the game, we were up by three. They get the ball. They come down. They, they cross half court. Their coach calls a timeout, and now there's only four seconds left. I tell our guys, hey, no fouls. They've got to make a three. If they go in for a two, just let them have it because we'll still win by one. What I didn't tell them was don't. Be so far off on them that you give them a, a, a wide open three. They hit the three. We go into overtime. We end up winning the game. You may think, well, Pastor Mike, you're such a good coach. Y'all won the game and won the area. No, it's not that I'm a good coach. It's just that I've been coaching for a long time. And I know that in basketball, high school basketball anyway, in Alabama, you get five timeouts. Three of those timeouts are what they call full timeouts. And if you want a full timeout, you look over at the ref just like this. It's like the cross. You need Jesus. You need a full timeout. Now, it, 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 they have this great thing that's not a full timeout. It's called a 30-second timeout. And if you want a 30-second timeout, you call timeout, and all you have to do is put your hands on your shoulders like this. And the ref knows it's a 30 a 30 means, hey, I need to stop the momentum of the game, bring the guys over. I only got time to tell them one or two things. It's not a full timeout. It's just a 30. And what I'm telling you is that sometimes long prayers are appropriate. Sometimes you got to tarry. Sometimes you got to be in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes you need a full timeout. Sometimes there's so much going in your family. God, timeout. I got to go over and talk to Jesus. Because this ain't working right. But then there are sometimes on your job when your supervisor is not uh, acting right. You can't bow your head. You can't go in your prayer closet. It's just a 30-second timeout. And maybe your prayer is simply, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Maybe your spouse is messing up. You say, Lord, help her, help her, or help him. And yet it's a 30. Some of us need to know you got timeouts. Some of us need to take a 30. Some of us need to know that it's not how long you pray. It's how strategic you pray. And, 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 and as we were trying to catch up and as we were trying to win the game, I strategically spaced the timeouts so that we could win, so that we could talk, so that we could share, so I could give input, so I could give feedback. Some of y'all are going to get this in a minute. We need to take a timeout because our Heavenly Father wants to give us feedback. He wants to give us input. He wants to give us counsel. He wants to give us direction. He wants to tell us where to go. You got timeouts. And you need to, to take them. See, the old folks had it right when they would say, just a little talk with Jesus 
will make it all right. Oh, 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 what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask that you might receive, that your, 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 your joy might be made full. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Men and women, we've got to be convicted of prayer and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I'm not asking you to pray an hour a day. I'm not asking you to get in your closet and stay there till you fall asleep. I'm not asking you to do that. All I'm asking you to do is to pray without ceasing. Whisper that prayer throughout the day. Lord, I need your peace. Lord, I, Lord, I need your patience. Lord, I need your love. Lord, I need your kindness. Lord, I need your gentleness. Lord, I need the fullness of your spirit right now. Lord, I need your direction. Lord, I need your guidance. There is a, a power that comes from short prayers. And you need to be reminded that it don't take all that. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. Lord, I pray that you would inspire in all of us a heart and a mind to pray. Lord, I thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for us and rose from the dead so that we might have the right to approach your throne with boldness to find grace and help in the time of need. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Lord, set our hearts aflame that we might be men and women of prayer. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen, amen, and amen. The door of the church is open. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, especially if you are listening, please let us know. We can explain to you the significance of his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave and how he makes a way for us to know God personally.